This is AlternativeHealthTools.com podcast, and this is episode number 34. It's titled Kahira, Resistance Stretching, subtitled Rebalancing Your Body and Stretching Your Mind, with Neil Dinant. After Neil and I did our regular recording, we did a blab. And if you go to the show notes at AlternativeHealthTools.com for this particular episode number 34, you'll see a link there. If you click on the link, you can review and see the blab that we did right after this show. As always, we encourage feedback. You can simply get a hold of us there at feedback at alternativehealthtools.com. Unfortunately, with pain, people have been told you can't, and they believe it, and they believe it, and they, they don't want to be in pain, but their belief, it limits them so much that their belief is worse than their pain, and sometimes their pain is triggered by their belief, and those are the toughest people to work with, mm-hmm. and they probably need my help the most because, you know, they're just, even if you have some hope, it's better than no hope. Welcome back, everyone. Um, probably don't hear too much from me. This is John Beetham. And Lisa couldn't be here today. She has sick children. So um, I'm actually handling the podcast. And today, uh, Lisa's guest. My name is Neil Denot. Mm-hmm. I uh, live here in San Diego. It's been about a year since I've relocated from New York. Uh-huh. And what I do is I rebalance people's bodies with pain or injury or any mobility issue and allow them to get back to living. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. I bet people like what you do. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. And um it's the people I work with. I work with everybody, but in particular, the people who have really kind of almost lost that hope, you know, that there's something out there for them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really it's really great to be involved with being able to help people who feel that there's nowhere to turn. And mm-hmm. being able to help uh, provide a solution for them is, is really the best part of my job. So yeah. thank you for having me here. It's great. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, with the help of Devin, that's how we connected. Yes. And uh Although Devin's not been on the show, uh, Devin's been experiencing the benefits of pain relief through the microcurrent technology that Intel Bio offers. And uh, we titled this show, Rebalancing Your Body and Stretching Your Mind. So those are the two things I think we're going to probably try to cover today. Cool. So how did you first start getting involved in what you're doing? When was that? Well, uh, I've been working as a fitness uh, coach for over 16 years and as I started helping people exercise, I learned that people weren't ready to do exercise because they had an issue that was maybe from sedentary lifestyle or mm-hmm. just, you know, had been an athlete at one point and then were injured and stopped working out. And was it a, t- a, a typical age group by any chance? Yeah, usually about early 40s, uh-huh. usually around there, um, early, late 30s, early 40s, um, into about mid fifties, you know, mm-hmm. more towards the end of uh, closer retirement, something like that. And uh, just to get them to exercise, they couldn't do it. Hmm. So I said, well, how am I going to help them exercise if they can't move the right way? So I spent, mm-hmm. I really dove into helping people uh, be able to translate into exercise, correcting their postures and movement and, you know, worked in different techniques, learned under different people until about maybe five years ago, I met a friend and mentor who, introduced me to Kihar resistance stretching, 
which for the easiest way to describe is we stretch under tension. So when you contract the muscle, uh, it's, it'll be lengthened. And so as I lengthen muscle, mm -hmm. it changes its length, it becomes longer, and then it turn allows us to turn on muscles that shut down, and then we're able to stretch those and unlock the body. So now in the easiest, most layman's terms, say it, I can rebalance the group where the tension goes even rather than skewed something like this. And now the body's in a neutral and it can perform the way it's supposed to. So it helps them to get right into what they need to do and allows them to accelerate at whatever they're doing because mm -hmm. now the nervous system's ready to receive the information it's supposed to rather than go through whatever channels it used to. Yeah, and it's called what again? Kihara resistance stretching. How do you spell that? K-I hyphen H-A-R-A. Okay. Okay, so it just means the energy from within, the resistance stretching, uh, basically... We're yeah, where did it where where did it come from? Well, it came um, resistance stretching. A man named Bob Cooley. Uh, he's mm -hmm. in Boston, I believe, mm -hmm. Massachusetts area, Boston area, and um, he. The uh, story, real quick. He he got hit by a car while walking, mm -hmm. and he was experiencing all the modalities try to help him recover. And mm -hmm. he noticed, you know, one of the things he found is that he could stretch himself. You know, it's because it's under tension. You know, while he contracted, and it's, there's a lot of modalities that understand the um the principle of you know neuromuscular activation and stuff like that but he really kind of saw that it it helped bring him back to life and what he did was at that point he, he put together an entire program he has an institute similar to this and mm -hmm. um he's been teaching this for well over 15 plus years and wow. some of my mentors have worked underneath him directly and <clears throat> My mentor, Carla McEwen, she's out in McKinney, Dallas area, Texas. We met five years ago when we were working with Under Armour, mm -hmm. and she wanted to bring this to the athletes mm -hmm. uh, because this was used for an Olympic athlete, uh, Dara Torres. She mm -hmm. swam the Olympics at 40, at the age of 40, and she won and broke records. And two of my mentors are her trainer and used this on her and was able to help her come back and to compete at that level and win at that level. So... Yeah. Um, there goes the train. Yeah, it's all right. Choo-choo. And, um, <laughs> you know, and um, so Carla came to, we came to this event. She wanted to bring this to athletes, and we met, and she said, oh, I fix people. I said, so do I. She said, well, I do this. I said, teach me. She worked on me, and in an hour, I could. I had a shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. I could swing my arms like I was 12 years old again. I said, how, how do you do this? It's like six months of therapy. She said, oh, it's just a stretching. And so I said, teach me. So flew her into New York. I used to live in New York. So uh, flew in for a couple of weekends at a time and we just stretched all of my clients like around the clock. And, you know, I've been doing this for some time and um, <clears throat> not to be too talkative. I don't know if there's such a thing, but... No, no, I, not at all. Um, I started, you know, and I was, I said, I, people started bringing more complicated cases to me because mm -hmm. they knew I was doing something. And um, what actually... When I moved out here, I started working with a gentleman with Parkinson's disease. Oh, wow. And, Interesting. And I, I had worked uh, with a friend's father's before. Mm -hmm. So I know that it was, it was okay to work with them. And I, I've had experience with seniors. So it's really one of my specialties in fitness in general. So I um, spent some time with them and it helped them. Mm -hmm. uh, but out here, I was able to work long term with somebody where I saw him several times a week over a course of a few months. And watched him make progress. Mm -hmm. So you're having, here's the profound thing for me was, here's a degenerative disease, mm -hmm. but he was still making physical progress and pretty much at the similar rate 
that most people were. I mean, you have certain things that you're going to control for mm -hmm. because you know he's got a compromised mobility. There's a muscle soreness to this as if you worked out because mm -hmm. it's very similar to working out, just the opposite. And um, you know, you don't want the guy to not be able to get up and move around because right. he's so sore. But um, I watched it help him. Unfortunately, he passed away in January. Um, but I watched when he was. We worked in his bed at home hospice mm -hmm. and his body still opened up. And I, to me, I said, wow, this can help people beyond what I even understand. And so um, I've been just been able to work with more people mm -hmm. who really need my help. And I uh, work, I do work with some Parkinson's uh, about 25% of people work with Parkinson's, but I've been able to help people who've been told you're, you just need to live the life, accept the life you're going to live now. Mm -hmm. And, um, my goal is I don't accept anything. I don't accept anything. There's always a solution. There's always something we can do. And as long as, first of all, that's the truth. But as long as you believe that, there always is. Right. Yeah. Starts with the thought, doesn't it? Right. And unfortunately with pain, um, people have been told you can't. And they believe it. And they believe it. And they, they don't want to be in pain. But their belief it limits them so much that their belief is worse than their pain. And sometimes their pain is triggered by their belief. And those are the toughest people to work with. Mm -hmm. And they probably need my help the most because, you know, they're just, even if you have some hope, it's better than no hope. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, so hopefully, but my, my goal is to, to, to teach people and to enrich people that there is hope and there's something out there that, Maybe just because we don't know it, we don't understand it, it still can be our solution. And that's, that applies to everything, right? Yeah, it does. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of curious. We just released um, Tuesday, uh, episode number 31 with Renee Aria. If you get a chance, go listen to it. Yeah. And because that is a really good example of uh, just not accepting what you know, you're told yeah. and, and healing herself. Through yeah. her own perseverance, you, you sort of come from that same sort of energy. It's like I'm not going to believe that. I'm just going to go forward and do what I need to do. So you know, it's funny because it's funny you say that because you know, look, I I first started helping people because you know I healed myself. You know, mm -hmm. I was young. I started working out at nineteen, and I did stupid stuff like I hurt. And I was so the like body what healed. heavy weights and stuff? yeah, have two heavy weights, not doing the right thing. Not How much were you attention. lifting or whatever? Well. I remember one time in particular, I was in the gym in college and mm -hmm. it was just, I was sitting the wrong way and I, it's always the last rep because that's when you're not doing it the right way. Yeah. And I was just pushed up like this and I lifted so much and I felt like I pulled my neck, but I felt like I cut off circulation and, and I felt like some pop in my head. It was like, almost like you would have a stroke. I don't know if I had a stroke, but, and I said, like, oh man, and I got up and I thought I was, gonna, I almost blacked out mm -hmm. and then I had neck pain for four days mm. and you know, 1920. It's not a big deal. Um, it didn't really show up much more. Chances are it probably led to the, the injury that Carla helped me with was um, I was doing too heavy weight on a fly in mm -hmm. college a couple years later. And something went backwards. And it was 80-pound dumbbells. And and I saw my this shoulder here. It went, it rippled. Oh, really? And it, that's not supposed to happen. Right. And, so, and <laughs> no. all of a sudden, just all the weight came crashing down because I, I, I might have dislocated. I don't know. I really don't know. So... Um, at the time, I had college health insurance, which was go see the nurse and go see this and go see that. So, so I said, you know, I'm going to just let it heal and nurse it back. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't reach behind my back like this for about six months. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you know, it got better, but I was still 
the, the injury was there. It was here to stay. Mm-hmm. Cousin of mine is a massage therapist, and she came in and said, let me work on you. And it was painful, but it worked. And she opened up a lot of the front side of the body, mm-hmm. but there were still some imbalances in the trap and in the, in the bicep, believe it or not, which then I really never understood how important the bicep plays in shoulder tightness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we know it, but we don't really, I think a lot of people don't even understand it from a functional standpoint. Anyhow, what don't you think people understand? How everything plays a role subtly into into injury and how important it really is. You know, so a lot of we're a symptomatic society. We, we go after symptoms. Mm-hmm. So we say we have pain here. So everybody wants to fix this, right? Mm-hmm. So you can see me here. They want to fix the shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the problem necessarily. That's a symptom. So mm-hmm. you might have a rotator cuff tear. But your rotator cuff tore because you lost rotation at some degree or something else created a um, decreased the range that another motion created some sort of trauma. So, or it just eventually pulled so much it tore. We sit like this all day long with our yeah, arms bent, right? No and we do no. this. So that bicep is constantly active. That bicep goes right up into the shoulder, right into here, and then... Our hips throw us this way, this way, and we get stuck this way. Mm-hmm. And so now this gets really tight. We lose the ability because as we bend our arm, we should mm-hmm. externally rotate, mm-hmm. right? Well, we lose that. So now we're here. We're here. So this bicep and the balance between these muscle groups mm-hmm. will keep us stuck here. You could actually rebalance your bicep and your tricep and your chest will start to drop open. Right, and then now you have more access to the muscles that are giving you the symptom. So the problem isn't just here. If you talk about lower back, you know, yeah, the hips are tight to the spine and they're creating damage, right? But once the hips got stuck to the spine, mm-hmm. the rest of your body adjusted and now locks it in place. Mm-hmm. So you can pull somebody's back if you can get that inner cord to release. There's a lot of decompression things. Everybody has a different approach. And so the idea is that not only do you want to just have the, the hips away, but the rest of the body needs to know that it has to rewind and rebalance too. Mm-hmm. So that that can be very um, lengthy mm-hmm. and very intensive. And so by rebalancing, just like we do with the bicep, by rebalancing the the, uh, the quad and the hamstring, mm-hmm. just by stretching eccentrically the quad, mm-hmm. you could actually relieve the posterior, the back of the body. And you could actually relax somebody's lower back that way because it actually – what happens is when the, the tension goes 50-50 here, you'll get back here by the knee and here by the top of the quad. So you get like a compensation with the, the hip flexor. They kind of start working together and then sometimes the hip flexor takes over. Anyhow, the internal stuff keeps the hip tilted forward. So as you start to relieve the hip, it starts to right itself and actually allows it to, to drop subtly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you do it and the more you go, you know, around, you know, you have your balancing groups, you have your opposing groups, the more you do that, the more the body naturally becomes evened out and will start to fall into place on itself. Yeah. There's a process of some troubleshooting to really get in there. But if you've ever taken yoga and you do a downward facing dog or any pose and they say, if you haven't locked the thigh, the pose hasn't begun because Mm -hmm. there's a sequence there. You need to be able to have that balance in the thigh to be able to use that part to open up the back or pull the SI joint up. So, um, yeah, the pain is the problem is, you know, you have damage or any pressure happening at the spine. But the symptom is, is that 
But excuse me, the the problem is is that we're one sided people. You know, we're dominant on one side. We're gonna favor one side, so we're always gonna favor one position over the other. And so everything in the body is designed to adjust. It's designed to follow the other side. So righty goes this way, lefty comes in. We start to get a slight turn in the, the shoulders. Mm-hmm. I'm exaggerating a little bit just so you can see. Slight adjustment in. So now this guy comes in and up. And then this guy starts to pull in a little bit more because he's lost his mobility because this guy's not letting him follow. Mm-hmm. And now he's up high here. Mm-hmm. So this all, this happens at the hips. It, 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 you can argue and say it happens at your dominant foot. You know, but But just think like this. We didn't have roads. We didn't have shoes. We didn't have balance. We didn't have balance beams. We didn't have any of that stuff. We didn't have modern technology. And the, the body was created to walk the earth and allow it to adjust for any changes in the environment that came to it based on what man had to do to survive and also just to live and exist. And that happens. And everything is so precise in the body. It allows... Things fire so fast we can't even think before everything in the body starts to adjust, right? So eventually, over time, as we force it in a position for so long or we influence position for so long, it, it can't adjust anymore. And that's when things go bad. So um, the idea is to retrace that, find muscle tests, find out where it's coming from and return it back to normal. So without, um, you know, we're almost, I don't say, I want to get a better word here. We're destined to have imbalance. We all have imbalance. You have it, I have it. But there gets to a point where sometimes it gets so deep rooted mm-hmm. that those those pathways are shut down and the brain has no idea how to access it. The, 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 the highway's closed, there's like rocks in front of it, and then we can get in. And uh, we get in and reunite the brain and the body together and, and it starts and it, it opens up everything. And there's a lot of, my friend, mentor Carla, she does a lot of healing with people, um, organ systems, lymphat- you know, working the lymphatic system, the immune system. She's, she's on a, a level of people. I've never even met anybody who understands it the way she does. I see her stretch somebody, ask, what, what are you doing? She said, oh, his pancreas doesn't work. <laughs> you know, like, okay, it looks like you're working on his back. Um, but um, yeah, so, um, yeah, right. but you know, it, it goes into more. So, She's she's working with me on, on, on you know t- teaching me more about that end. But right mm-hmm. now, I really like the problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very mechanical way of doing things, mm-hmm. and I um you know I'm I've been always been a mechanical person. So. Yeah, so you used to work on cars. Oh yeah, it's you brought that up. It's funny you say that. <laughs> I always try to tell people most people don't know cars, and so I try to compare it to a car, and they're like, ah, I just, somebody else yeah. works on it. Since you brought cars up, yeah, sure, mind, I used to work on them. I um this is a great comparison. Human intuition and, and intelligence allowed us to create a suspension on a car. So for those of you who don't know what, what a car does or how it works, you don't need to. But just understand that as we drive across the ground, right, the suspension allows the car to do exactly what I just described. It allows it to um, fluctuate with the road, absorb shock, um, make adjustments so that there's no damage to the body and it's quiet. And it's safe, you know, it's, it's creating as much contact as possible, just like the body does. So it has these things in the suspension, shock absorbers, things that are a little easier to replace than some things in the body, right? That allow for that to happen and balance out from all four ends, okay? The human body is designed exactly the same way. The hips, 
they hang from the spine. The spine is the center of everything. So think of the cabin of the car as your spine. And everything, and the wheels are your hips and your arms. Right? So your legs and your arms. They, they hang from there. And they're allowed to, to fluctuate. And sometimes, you know, you're hanging one side, you're hanging the other. We don't notice these things, but they happen. The body's been doing this since man has been created. This system's been so... Just because we understand it now doesn't mean it was any less significant 2,000 years ago. So this type of precision existed in our bodies by design mm-hmm. as we were created, which none of us created, right? And we intuitively, through science, learned how to create this system outside of our bodies through mechanics. And I'm like, holy cow, that's like, that's incredible. Like, this is exactly... if. We didn't design a car after the body, but if you look now, it's designed exactly like our body. So the, the greatest machine ever made was us. Yes, it's it's it, it fascinates me the more yes. I learn about it every day. Yeah, yeah, I, I you know I, I actually look at um, inventions and ideas and even the Tesla. I've just been enamored with the Tesla because of its energy efficiency, and it's just like it's it's uh, to me it's not magic. It's a, it's a model of consciousness. It's a model of consciousness in terms of an idea, and it started with us. You know. So I was going to ask you: Do you consider this to be energetic medicine? You know, it's funny. It's funny, interesting. Yes, I believe it is. Because um, one of the things that I exp- I work with some energy healers and the friends of mine, and um, and I always felt um, that. Part of what helped me was that when I when I tune into somebody, I'm I'm joining them, mm-hmm. you know. So there's an exchange of energy, and I realized yesterday that I I think I'm doing some sort of energy work. Now that's not mm-hmm. what I'm trained in, and that's not what I focus on. But intuitively, when I get into somebody's body, I mm-hmm. have to find a common ground with them so that they're resisting as much as I need to, and that I'm getting traction on their body. So I literally have to become one with them. And, and pull, and so I'm feeling what they're giving me. So they're actually, um, there there is an energy exchange, and they're also for me. I felt yesterday because sometimes I leave some sessions, you know, with my um, even more so like my my special cases, like working with an elderly woman yesterday who had a lot of um, I wouldn't say trauma, but she was taking care of her husband before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And so she was a caregiver and probably exhausted. Right. And her body was just totally given right. up. That's so common. Right. And yeah. so, you know, afterwards I walked out and I, and you feel this great that, you know, feeling that you help somebody, mm-hmm. but it was different. I said, I feel like I've almost absorbed some of her stress mm-hmm. and, but it felt, but it felt good because I felt like, cause when she gets up and she's smiling and she's like, I feel, I feel better already. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm like, that's like, yeah, I'm great. That's awesome that you feel that way. I'm happy I was helpful, be able to help you with that. But I feel like I'm taking something away from them. Mm-hmm. And I I, it can, I have to decompress from it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just starting to realize that. So it's something I actually want to look into about um, in terms energy of dis- work. In energetically disconnecting? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it might be something that I might not be able to do because I think it helps me. Uh-huh. But I think at the end, you know, sometimes after a day, it's I'm not physically exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted, uh-huh. and um, and I think that's part of why. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I was going to uh, take a little break here and just uh, let people know you you know 
this is a great opportunity to um, email us and email Neil. And if you have any suggestions in terms of uh, your approach in terms of disconnecting and dealing with that issue, you can let us know at feedback at alternativehealthtools.com. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. It's, um, you know, it's actually your show. We do it because we love it and we're here to share. And it's uh, really nice to have you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I uh, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to mention, because uh, after doing several shows and I do some things outside of the podcast that are health-related and things, and had a great opportunity at the end of May to uh, travel and support a good friend of mine when we went to Missoula, Montana, and she did, a, I think it was a three-day workshop um, with John Barnes, myofascia. Okay, so I knew nothing about myofascia, and of course, she would come home from this workshop and we'd talk about it, and so... There, there are so many different ways to approach healing. So do you see yourself, fairly young guy, do you see yourself in terms of some sort of path, just um, sticking with what you have, or you're open to learning new things? And what curiouses you about the next step in terms of what you might want to learn besides what you had just mentioned? You know, where, where are you going? It's a good question. Um, well, my, my biggest passion has always been to educate Education, um, great. Yeah, I, well, blab- blabbing could be a great spot for you. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I was thinking of that. I keep saying I should do that. And I'm like, who wants to listen to me? I do. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we'll, we'll do a blab. We'll do yeah, a blab later. That's great. No, it's it's um, no, actually, um, I've been in. I'm actually mentoring somebody right now, and you know, um, I'm just even today after we left, I'm like, I, mean, I see the transformation in two months of this, you know. And I'm like, wow, you know, it just felt so good. And I remember years ago, I've opened several gyms in my mm-hmm. career and um, put together personal training teams and, and taught them from scratch. And and to see them now have six, you know, just such success, you know, uh, all areas and to go where they are and to be a part of that, you know, be that link in their chain and their mm-hmm. journey. And um, and when it's changed, when my when my mission has changed to where I am now, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to help. There needs to be more of people knowing what I do, yeah. and I actually have a. Um, well, it's part I, of the reason we're doing this. You realize? Right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, we um, want to let we want to let people know. Thank you. Yeah, and so just so people know, I, I have taken the way I've always had an approach. One of the things that I felt that helped me with learning this technique is that I had already understood mm-hmm. mechanics and how they how I can help people in fitness mm-hmm. and through exercise and how it translates. And for the most part, 80% of people mm-hmm. I've helped, I've have helped people with back injuries before I even knew Kihara. And, um, and these were people who were told nobody can help me. And so I said, I'm on to something. And um, now, you know, I put together an, an approach that's very easy for anybody to understand. Mm-hmm. So they can apply resistance stretching through exercise, so they don't have to be hands-on, mm-hmm. but the concepts of resistance stretching, it's an eccentric movement. So it's just focusing on that. And rather, we're so focused on squeezing and squeezing, right? Right. Well, if we learn how to release and we just change our workout mm-hmm. like that, and we do it sequentially and, and you know just as we program anything, mm-hmm. it can have similar effects. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, it should be that way. We should all do that. Um, but just, you know, it's something most people don't, they don't need necessarily or don't feel they need or don't understand quite yet. So, so yeah, my latest sort of aha has been life is just one experience after another. And I really like experimenting. So 
Yeah, a little over a year ago when I read uh, Dr. David Perlmutter's book, Grain Brain, and it exposed me to the whole thing of uh, gluten and neurology and all the rest mm-hmm. of it, I thought to myself, I'm just going to put myself on a one-week experiment, take gluten and wheat and all that stuff completely out of my diet and see how I feel, mm-hmm. physically how I feel and all the rest of it. So it was three days into it, and that's all I was doing. I was drinking a lot of water, but I noticed mentally I got a lot clearer. And I physically started to feel better. So I put myself on this experiment. And at the end of the, and I didn't go into it going, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to become gluten-free. It was just like, I want to see how I feel. And I did. And then at the end, I went, that's it. You know, that's, that's going to be most of what I do. And I, I eat gluten occasionally. But before I choose to do so, I sort of like stop, think about it, and just ask myself, am I really willing to pay the price? Sometimes I am, most of the time I'm not. So it's like with you, it's like why not experience what you're doing with you? And do you have any programs where people can actually do that? Well, I, I do. I have um, I set up self-stretching classes, uh-huh. and um, I have, I unfortunately have one uh, rescheduled. I had one a couple of weeks ago, and it's just for people to come and experience, learn more firsthand, see what it's all about, and, uh-huh. and learn more from me about what it is that, we're actually doing because mm-hmm. um, most of the time people hear the word stretch or they say hear resistance and mm-hmm. and they, they've heard our perception of what that means. And to them, they're like, how could it be really different? Mm-hmm. And I get it. People, they need more. So um, the reason my company is called Muscle Therapy San Diego is because, and I call myself a body rebalancer because that, we have a totally different conversation. Yeah. So they say, hmm. And they go, are you this? Are you that? I go, I go, no, I do this. It's like, well, how do you do it? And then when I tell them, they're like, oh. And it's, I mean, it's a night and day conversation. So, um, yeah, putting it, positioning it in a way that people are best to to, um, inspire thought Mm -hmm. really helps. But as far as programs, you know, I do. um, If somebody, as far as wants, is a professional that wants to learn it, Mm -hmm. I do have, it's called eccentric muscle muscle rebalancing. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, I put together... Um, you know, I, get, I get groups of 10 or 12 and we go through a day's worth of work and um, we just learn the techniques, learn the concepts and how it applies to what they're doing. And then the system is basically, it's a plug-in system, how they score, where they where they score, where they do. Mm-hmm. As far as um, one-on-one mentoring, I do one-to-one mentoring. Uh, that's something that's um, I have some availability to do. Um, I usually works um, with it for 90 days. I, I like to put them to a three-day a week intensive so they could really nice. immerse themselves in it. Absolutely. Because, you know, it, you do you that can, for 90 days. You do that for 90 days and something's going to change. Yeah. It's going to change after one month, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you can give people concepts and they could go off on themselves and learn them. And that's great. And, and, and look, I'm a self-experiment. Just like you said, you know, there's a lot yeah. of things I wanted to learn and, and, and I master on my own. Uh, but we don't all have to do that. Yeah. And, and, you know, if they're – look – it was Carla. She spent three days in a row with me. You know, we spent three days, 12 hours of stretching a day. Mm-hmm. And that started the wheel. And I needed that. And I still needed more. But it, it put me comfortable enough to say, all right, I can go out and do this on my own. And, um, you know, my clients already trusted me and they had met Carla. So they understood. They knew where it was coming from. It was, uh, it was good to get the experience in. 
but as far as that, you know, there's there's lots of milestones in in getting this out to people and learning to even still learning. Yeah, and that I would encourage you to blab. I really would. Really? That, yeah, because it's really about the conversation and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a little different than podcasting, mm-hmm. but um, you know, you learn from other people. People learn from you, and you make connections and and all the rest of it. Right. So I'm going to take a uh, I'm going to take a side road here sure. in the conversation, mm-hmm. which um, is a, my style when I'm podcasting, which is to ask the question is. Outside of what you're doing right now in terms of your work, what other passions do you have in your life? What are you really passionate well, about? I mean, first, first is my family. You oh, know, nice. My kids. I have three kids. Uh, today's wow. my oldest son's birthday. He's seven today. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So um, my biggest passions, you know. Um, and even passions that may, you may have had years ago, but that are still with you. Like, like with me, it's, it's always been music. Well, okay, music just is a thread that runs through my life. You know, we're, you know, yeah, m- music is a passion. Music, uh, we're a musical family. Um, everybody, oh, really? yeah, my family's, you know, a lot of piano players. Oh, nice. I um, never got into piano. I started with guitar. It just, you know, it wasn't really, uh, you know, I think I liked the idea of the guitar, yeah. but my music wasn't really guitar music, yeah. I guess. And I was young, I was like 10. Um, but I actually was a DJ for, for a oh, long time. Oh, that's fun. And so, and that's when we said production. I'm used to production, so I know how I setting things up. Yeah. So always have the backups and always this and that. And um, that was cool, um, but it wasn't going to take me, it wasn't going to give me the life that I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was fun and it was a great time. And um, but once you start having kids, you can't be out till six o'clock in the morning, you know, um, <laughs> or even four I mean, you in the can, but it's no life to live. I sure, mean. exactly. I wanted, you lived your life when the sun went down. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to have a family, that's not how it works. So, yeah. But, um, you know, that was it. Cars, I mean, just. And you were raised in New York? I was raised in New York, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I love New York. You know, see, I was raised in Westchester County, which is right outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, the city I grew up in was Yonkers, right next to the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friends, we moved uh, a little further up county. And mm-hmm. when I started driving, I really loved to drive. I really, really loved it. Um, there's something about it that was just so invigorating. Mm-hmm. I'm getting behind the wheel and just it's being connected with the car. Like there's always a connection to be like, I'm my hands here. And once it does this, and my foot goes there. I can make this happen. And um, <laughs> getting involved in yeah. the cars, was like, I was getting ripped off. I yeah. was a kid. I was getting ripped off. I didn't know anything. I just knew where the oil went. And I knew where the gas went. Yeah, That's how what it, what it was. And my friends were like, no, this is. You need to learn this. And my friends, actually, one of my best friends, he, a couple of them were just like, they taught me how to work on cars. And, you know, I'll, I could change the transmission in the parking lot. I mean, that's – once I worked on a car, yeah, I knew how to do it. And yeah. I got better at it. It was just one of those things. And yeah. um, um, Well, in NLP, yeah. there's this thing called mapping um, some modalities. And basically, you take a skill set, like working on cars. Mm-hmm. And you sort of have an understanding, a modality, and you take that modality and you map it across to the human body. So it's a different kind of car. It really is. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so, kind of, I mean, I get that. It weirds some that. people out, but it really is true. Um, it's, I mean, I lev- sometimes I leverage things as if I would, like, or I explain even exercise if it was a car. I go, you ever, you ever use a, a ratchet or a pry bar? And they're like, what? I'm like, do you know how you get more torque on a, a, a pry bar? And they do. Well, like, that's what happens when you get joint stability. And they're like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like lug <laughs> yeah. nuts, they have a certain torque yeah. specification. Exactly. You go, and that's what the torque wrench is all about. You take it right mm-hmm. to it. So we have a tendency because as animals or humans, we used to walk a lot. And we used to walk everywhere and now we're like riding in cars that aren't real comfortable 
And uh, I actually started walking quite a bit um, almost about a year ago. I mean, that's my exercise. So it's, um, as you were talking about stretching mm-hmm. and resistance and everything, I, I remember that that's sort of what I do. Mm-hmm. In other words, I walk, I try to be really relaxed while I walk and at the same time stretch, you know. Mm-hmm. So stretching is really good. The title of the show is Rebalancing Your Body and Stretching Your Mind. So let's talk about the mind a little bit. Okay. So how do you, what do you do in your mind? What do you, what do you tell yourself to stretch your, in terms of stretching your mind? What, right. What do you do? Um, well, you know, I learned a long time ago when I was, when I got into fitness, you know, I'd always been a very high strung child, mm-hmm. very nervous kid. And, you know, I was overweight and never really happy with myself and, mm-hmm. um, once I was able to finally lose weight, I learned a lot of things about not just exercise, but myself mm-hmm. and how things really work and how for me to have that work wasn't because I exercised. It was because I believe had to believe that I had to do something over and over again until it happened and not deter from the point or the purpose. And I learned that it's a lot easier for us to do than we think it is. We just don't understand it, so we make it really hard. And from that point on, I realized I I achieved success really for the first time in my life, I felt, with a personal goal. And I turned around and started, said, I want to conquer everything, which is great. But then as you start getting into like mastery, Mm -hmm. you can't conquer everything. You have to really choose something and go with it. And for me, every day I get up and I say to myself, how can I conquer something mm-hmm. important to me today? So is it being a better father? Is it being a better better spiritually? Is it better being better at my practice? Can I give more back to my clients? Um, you know, is it better in my personal? You know, I like to run. I'm a triathlete. You know, if I do I do I want to get better at my run today? Do I want to get better at my movement? What there's always something to work on. Mm-hmm. And um for mentally, for me right now, I'm at a point where I'm um, really trying to clear up a lot of things that maybe roadblocks that held me back and really trying to push myself forward more each day and really see what I can get out rather than be, you know, we can become complacent sometimes. I mean, we mm-hmm. all do. We all have blocks. We all have things that we decide to, to mm-hmm. go after and not go sure. after. And um, I want to just make sure that I'm doing something, at least one thing a day that's going to push me to see the world differently than I did yesterday. Nice. Very nice. Lisa likes to ask people if there is one health tip, one thing people need to know. One thing you need to know. Yeah, a health tip, a wellness tip. Just one thing. What would it be? Your body can fix almost everything unless it's physically broken and detached from your body. It's designed to heal. Your body's designed to heal. Yes. If it, hmm. the medicine doesn't heal you, the medicine is the directions that your body needs to fix itself, right? So it's ready. It's constantly surviving and fixing and repairing as we speak. We're, we're being repaired. We're ripping scar tissue, muscle tissue. We're scarring. We're repairing. Everything hmm. right now is happening. Hmm. We have everything we need to survive and to thrive. We've been sold that... We need all these things to thrive in life. Mm-hmm. And 
a lot of these things are stopping us from doing that. So what I ask is people not to look for external answers Mm -hmm. or or, or things like quick pills, magic potions, you know, um, being sold on big advertising. Say, look, the answer is within us. We have it. So if we don't know how to unlock that answer, find somebody to help us unlock it. But at the end of the day, having good cholesterol, having good um, blood pressure, having um, better energy, having healthier everything, it, it begins and ends with us. Mm-hmm. So that's to me. So self-advocation. Yes, absolutely. Um, and if you need help, let that person help you advocate for yourself because there's nothing in a box that's going to make us perfect and we're not going to be perfect, but there's nothing on the shelf that's going to magically make you the healthiest person on earth. And I think people want that and it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I think people are too, way too, um, okay with the idea of somebody fixing them rather than them fixing themselves. Yep. And I've run into that even in my work because we're pretty too much along in what we're being, what, what, what's there for us. So, you know, a lot of people go, well, I already pay this much money for health insurance. Why should I come to you? And I say, well, unfortunately, health insurance doesn't give us, gives us really the bare minimum in case something, mm-hmm. you know, falls off. You know, like it, you're, it's not designed to give you the greatest health on earth. It's designed to give you something. Mm-hmm. And it's now being more equal Mm-hmm. And it's 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 giving us less, so it's and it's based off of what somebody else decided that we need, right? Right, not what we need, right? And um, unfortunately, um, too many of us now. Well, now we we have to do it, which I'm not going to get political, but we have to have health insurance. It's against the law not to have health insurance, so um, that's fine. Just I I would wish to see that insurance be able to provide us more, to be more substantial. Um, but people will say to me, why Why should I do this? I, I, nobody else told me I should do it or nobody else is telling me I have to do it and they're telling me I should do this or I'm already this, that. I'm committed to that. And they don't want to step away from that because that's all they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I know it's a matter of, yeah, it's a matter yeah, well, hey, you know, if it's not working and you keep doing it, that is the classic definition of insanity and people yes. keep going back to, doc- in my opinion, go back to doctors for the quick fix and the drugs. Right. And, and uh, it just creates other problems. And it's unfortunate, and you know, it's not the doctor's fault. Right. Because exactly. they're being told what to do. Right. They don't work for themselves anymore. No, God haven't. bless them. I yes. mean, for emergency situations, I yeah. mean, you know, they're there to fix things sort of 11th hour in a sense. And uh, what you're doing is trying to keep people from having to even get there, mm-hmm. even entertain the idea. Right. And and, and I want to I just say one thing about, about, about doctors is that mm-hmm. to, they're great people. They're great. They're intelligent. They're some of the brightest people on earth. And they do this because they care about people. Yeah, and so exactly. I don't want people to think that. I, I don't want people to bash doctors because we shouldn't bash anybody, mm-hmm. especially somebody who's trying to make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. They're, at the end of the day, what it comes down to, they have to look at the realistic picture and say, this is this is the business I work in. Yeah. And this is how the business pays me and this is how the business treats me. Yeah. So it's it's a tough – and they take a lot of slack. They mm-hmm. really do and it's – and it doesn't make them happy. And they're, they're still doing this mm-hmm. job because they care about us. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. We're going to wrap up here on the podcast. We're going to continue blabbing, but after the train goes by, is there anything else you want to say? 
Uh, no, this is awesome. I really appreciate you having me here. I love having mm-hmm. talks like this with people. Um, I love just being able to express, you know, my um, my vision mm-hmm. and my dream and what I want to give the people and as many people as I can influence, or as many people as I can help is really my goal. And the more mm-hmm. people that I can help, help other people, the better. Yeah. Nice. Well, thanks for coming. Thank you, John. Thank you. Sorry, much. at some point you'll meet Lisa, and yes. let's plan on doing a blab just to get you yeah, started. Cool, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah you, you, you should plan that. on hosting your own blab, and it's just it's a place to just take a break, take a break, and hang out and uh, with some people and get involved in a nice conversation. Well, now you just set the, the ball in motion. So yeah, I just set the bar up. You set the bar. <laughs> so now he put. So when I get put on the spot, that's always makes me. I always I always have put my goals out there for people. When I when I tell people. Because when I used to have my fitness business, I you know Facebook all started and everything, and everybody saw, and we were in a smaller town, and so everybody knew oh, me. So yeah. so I put it out there, so yeah. everybody knew, and then I would run on the street because everybody would see me, and I had to keep myself accountable that way. So I put myself under the gun. So thank you for putting me under the gun. Now yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> we'll see you next time on AlternativeHealthTools.com podcast. <laughs>